happy, uh, happy winter solstice. We're, we're, yes. I'm going to make the same joke I made earlier. Uh, we're, we're putting the ice back in solstice. Keep nice. Keep the ice in solstice. Is that is that it? It's, that's what I mean, right? Like that's that that's it. That's it. Well, I you're not you're probably not doing a very good job down in there in North Carolina. We have lots of ice here in New Jersey. Oh yeah, we we don't we don't have any ice. It has it's been cool. It's been it's been uh, it, it, you know we're we're getting in the. I, it looks like like we're gonna even get down into like twenty degrees Fahrenheit overnight a couple of times this week. Like twenty. Wow. Yeah, in the twenties. Um, but it's, it's beautiful. Today is, is the opposite of that. We have, we have no ice. It's, uh, my phone tells me that right now it is 52 degrees and sunny and there's not a cloud in the sky. I I have, this is a weather safety talk, by the way. Um, (laughs) I have, I have three beverages. I'm, I'm lining them up here. Oh, three. I I have a, um, I've got a sparkling water, uh, that's grapefruit flavored, uh, pomplamoose as it's known in some parts of the world. Uh, I have a coffee that I that I made because I know we were going to record and I, we we haven't done a lot of like afternoon podcasts recently, right? Like a lot of what we do is in the morning. Um, but I still I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to get a get a coffee. But then I I talked to you like an hour or so ago for our other podcast, Risky or Not. I'll always be uh, always be promoting. Um, and we we can talk about that podcast on this podcast because we it's it's you and me. We're not podcast. Uh, we're cross-platform promoting, uh, but but I decided that I would get a. Uh, I, I told you I was going to drink a beer, so I went and got a beer too. So I got I got three. I'm lined up. I'm here for well, the long haul. Oh, here's the thing, Ben. I I was not that organized. I in in the break, uh, you you did some stuff with your kids. Uh, I did some stuff with the dogs. Uh, namely, I took them out in the backyard and I threw snowballs in the air so they could catch them in their mouth, <laughs> which is never. Ne- it, they don't get tired of it, and honestly, neither do I. Um, <laughs> and I have I have my leftover uh, seltzer from uh, earlier because we recorded the, our other show. Uh, I have a, a glass, uh, a, a mug of tea which is about half consumed. And then I have a small uh, ceramic dish, uh, which has a used tea bag in it. And I forgot, I forgot to get wine. Oh, well that's, that's unfortunate. I, I'm drinking, I, I will, I will drink, I will drink for you unless you want to go get a wine. Well, well, so here, here's the thing. Let's, uh, let's get, let's get in the, into it. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start the show. Let's start the Um, show. And then maybe at some point, um, when you're on a long rant, I will, (laughs) I will slip away downstairs to come back with my wine i like so. it and, and if and if i don't hear from you that <laughs> I, I will keep ranting and, and if i and and knowing knowing I, now that you're getting you're getting a wine i i could i can send i could also just send you a text message as you as you start your rant uh so you know just maybe i'll text you a a, a, a emoji of a little wine glass wine glass <laughs> and that'll be and and then uh rant rant commence i'm rant on yes well well so i'm gonna tell you this this uh not one of our sponsors, which is one of my ongoing bits, right? Um, but I would like bits, Ben. People love it when we do the bits. Um, I I want this company to be one of our sponsors because they are my favorite brewery, and we're not talking Molson or Labatt, as it's known in Canada. Um, Trogue in Trogue's Independent Brewing from um, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, is my favorite favorite like absolutely my favorite brewery and um they make a christmas uh once a year christmas ale called mad elf ale and that's what i'm drinking it's an ale brewed with honey and cherries and they say on their website we taste chocolate malt cherries honey peppercorn 
I'm not, I, I'm not as, um, I don't have as refined of a palate as, as they do. <laughs> what does it, what does it taste like to you? It tastes like really good beer. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like there's a little, there's definitely some cherries in it. I'll let me, what, let, what's the, what, what's the, I'm, I'm, we'll link to the Trogues website, but yeah. what's the specific beer you're it drinking? It is Mad Elf Ale. Oh, Mad Elf. Oh, it's right. right. You can, you know what, Ben? You can also get Mad Elf beer cheese according to their oh, website. Well, there you go. Mad Elf beer cheese. Um, I, I, I was, I visited, um, I visited the Trogues Brewery multiple times over the last five years, and I always bring back some. This last time that I was there, I brought back um, a, a uh, I think it's called like a Naked Elf or something. It's, <laughs> I think it's the Naked Elf, which looking back is maybe a little bit weird, um, but it's the it's it's the ale but without the the cherries and the honey. I think I think okay. it's just the so I've and it's like a special like you know in a weird like top that's all twisty that, you know, it's got like a wire around it and a cork. Um, and I'm going to, and it's a bigger beer. I'm saving that one for uh, like Christmas Eve or Christmas day or something. It is, it is on, is currently iced, but I'm drinking the normal Mad Elf ale right now. So, and how often do you get to Percy, Pennsylvania, Ben? <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, I, I have been there for hockey related Things. Oh, hockey! Of yeah, course. Uh, yeah, multiple times. So, and, and it was a place that uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, is like a hockey hotbed. And so, over the last four or five kids' hockey seasons, we have been to a tournament there every year. And then, since being introduced to my favorite brewery, Trogues Independent Brewing, um, by hockey, it is actually the it is the natural halfway point between Raleigh, North Carolina and Port Hope, Ontario when we drive home. So the last two years as well, maybe three years, we've stopped in Hershey for the night and gone and and, and had picked up some beer and eat. they have a really wonderful restaurant that's there. Um, so it's, yeah, it is, it is like one. And, and also, and, and another thing, Don, because uh, it's, it, you know, because it's always three things with me. Uh, uh, these I'm just doing bits from other shows now. Um, I, I was at a meeting, like a food safety related meeting, sort of nominally food safety related. It's the the National Association of Family and Consumer Sciences agents. Can it's the it's all the and maybe it's not just agents, I, yeah. but the, the yeah that group they met in Hershey a couple of years ago or last year maybe it was. Um, so I I went I took all the people that I knew from NC State that were there for that meeting. I was like, I got a place for us, and we went to Trogues. So, so, yeah. So now on, on your Canadian trips yes. uh, and your trips to Canada, um, do you stop on the way up or on the way back or both on, on the way up? It, it is. Yeah. And on the way back, we often do that in one day, but on okay. the way, and I don't, I can't give you the, like, I don't know why it, it's just on the way up. We always make it like, let's stop. Well, I mean, part of the reason why is we like to take, there's a, there's a ferry that goes from, Cape Vincent, North, uh, New York from, yeah, Cape Vincent, New York to, to, I think it's called Wolf Island in Ontario. And then there's another ferry that goes from Wolf Island to Kingston. And so it's not any quicker, but there's less driving if we take those, um, those ferries, but the ferry doesn't, it's not very nice to take the ferry at like nine o'clock at night. So we always try to hit that mid afternoon. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, so, so then my question is, um, as as everyone knows, you're not allowed to take American beer into Canada. So do you do you have like secret compartments in your car so that they they don't, they don't find the Mounties don't find it and make you pour it out? So so you are I mean little little known Canadian <laughs> fact you are allowed to since prohibition has ended 
Um, you are <laughs> you are allowed to take it. You're just allowed to take a very small amount. And I think it is the equivalent of uh, and and I'll th- this will show my like naivety, but I think this is what it is. I think you can bring three bottles of wine or one 40 ounce bottle of liquor or one case of beer per person. So 24 beers. So we that include your kids. Well, it does not. And I, I have <laughs> okay. looked at the frequently asked questions, uh, portion of customs, uh, website uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it does not, uh, but to see, a, it's, it's great that I knew that you probably had done that and that it was important <laughs> that I asked the question and it was, yeah, it was how many people are in the car times, you know, 24 beers. Okay. Exactly. I can, I can do that. Um, no, it's, it's only, so we, so we can bring 48 beer, uh, between Danny and I, yeah, and, yeah. and what we, what, what has happened the last couple of years is there, there's, um, so, so Trogues and they, I mean, this is like a brewery thing, right? Like, uh, so you, you, they, they have, you know, their, their year round stalwart beers, right. And many like craft mid, mid-sized breweries, and then they've got their special seasonals. And so Matt Elf is a special seasonal that we can't get all the time. Uh, but there's another one that comes out in June or July. And usually it's available as we're driving to Canada. And it's uh, a, a beer called Nimble Giant. Um, and so what what I do is I purchase Nimble Giant thinking I will take that all back to North Carolina. But in the week or so that I'm sitting in Canada, <laughs> I drink it all. And, and it happens. It's now happened two years in a row. Like I brought back one can. So it, it all, yeah. So anyway, I'm drinking a Mad Elf. And they, they, they're, they're, if you ever get a chance, anybody who's listening, if, and Dawn as well, um, mm. who, who I'm, I mean, nominally talking to and not just the audience, but Hershey, Pennsylvania is kind of underrated. It's kind of a cool spot. It's close mm. to Harrisburg. There's a really big Civil War museum there that's pretty good, mm. um, which we've also done in between hockey games. Uh, and then, and then Trogues. And Tro, like it is, it's definitely the the nicest tap room brewery restaurant that I've ever been to. And Hershey Park as mm. a amusement park is also excellent. So it's yeah, it's kind of like uh, it, it's a little you're definitely I, I think underrated. Like you're not I, I wouldn't think of oh let's go have a holiday in in Hershey. Um, and there's a chocolate factory there too, which is also good. But yeah, it's a it's kind of a cool spot. Cool. Have you ever been to Hershey like to Hershey, Pennsylvania? I don't think so. Uh, definitely not been to Hershey Park. I'm not a big fan of amusement parks, but um, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe for a conference one. So I certainly didn't go to to, to Trogues. <laughs> certainly not. You would have remembered Trogues. I I don't know how long the tasting room's been open, but definitely in the last four or five years that we've been going, we've it's it's always been there. Um, but I I think it's like I would say relatively new. I don't I don't know how I don't know how new. But yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun place. Really, hmm. yeah, really great, great beer. And we don't, they, they don't, they ship a lot regionally. Like within Pennsylvania, certainly you can get their year round stuff here in North Carolina. There's a couple of beers that we can get, but not all year round. And it's kind of at bottle shops and every once in a while it might show up at Whole Foods or, or there's a grocery store mm-hmm. here in North Carolina, Lowe's Foods, not to be confused with Lowe's Hardware. Um, and you have to differentiate those two things when you say I'm going to Lowe's, um, it, it, they, they have like a beer den and their big thing is getting sort of beer that is regionally not available, um, too much. And, and I don't know exactly how they, like how they do it, but they often will have trogues as well. 
but but this time of year, I'm I, I I'm always looking. For, you know, I have, I have my eyes open for Mad Elf, and so uh, so I have some right now, and it's my it's my festive brew. So according to their internet, um, I can get uh, Mad Elf uh, one mile away from me. Whoa, that's amazing. So yeah, see, I you're regional. I'm not. Mm. I. I think I actually I might I might speaking of beer I might need to go there and buy uh, an IPA um, uh, because I owe my graduate student Matt a six pack of IPAs oh. so yeah any specific IPA I could recommend some Trogues IPAs for you <laughs> well uh, I see here uh, at uh, uh, you know not to at the, at the liquor store this one mile from where I live uh, no opsec uh, please um, uh, they have the perpetual IPA perpetual is very good uh, this time of year Blizzard hops is also an excellent uh, IPA, a winter IPA. Oh, uh, double. Well, so now another place that is, oh, this is a pizza place. I'm not sure they, yeah, that's not a liquor store. Hold on. Oh, oh, whoa. Uh, okay, ShopRite Liquors. I can get double Blizzard of Hops. Oh, that's good I too. I can get Blizzard of Hops and double Blizzard of Hops. That, All right, I you know, I, I am going to make a trip to ShopRite Liquors for uh, my wonderful graduate student, Matt, who excellent. did us a huge favor when we had a brain fart um, uh, regarding our house. Oh, excellent. We, good, thought, good, we good. thought we lost the keys um, after after closing. We thought we lost the keys. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, How did you do out, that? Uh, we, just, we just put them in the glove box because um, we're idiots. You know, Ben, sometimes people buy a house without a dishwasher. <laughs> sometimes they lose their keys. <laughs> that is phenomenal. They think they lost their keys. They put them in someplace safe. You've done this before, though. You, oh, you, yeah. You have something that's really important. You want to put it in someplace safe. You put it in someplace safe, and then you forget where you put it. And you think, I put it somewhere and really think, important. Like, I, I remember. Or, or maybe I lost it because yeah. I can't even remember that I put it someplace safe. Anyway. Oh, I I So the I am um, constantly worried. I, I do lose things all the time. There, there are certain things that I don't lose. Um, one being uh, sunglasses. I'm, I, I, I wear, I, I made this like choice when I was a kid that I would or or like a teenager that I was going to invest in sunglasses. Mm. And, and I, 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 I'm constantly, constantly worried that I'm going to lose them, which puts them always, I, they're always within reach. Like I'm, I, you know, within a, a, a 40 minute period, if I'm out somewhere, I'm like, where are my sunglasses? Where are they? It's like this unnatural, you know, uh, focus for me mainly because I've I, they're they're expensive, well, um, and and so actually that's not so strange. So I remember, and I was telling my wife about this just the other day. I very remember a very distinct conversation with a guy whose name I forget. He worked for Physical Planet Records, and I used to see him at the gym back when I used to go to the gym. And he was like, "Yeah, I um I was always losing my sunglasses, so you know what I did? I went and bought a really expensive pair, and now I haven't lost them." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like okay, that that might be a strategy that works. It. It, yeah, it, I mean, it certainly does. I have, I have, um, in my in my life, uh, since I've invested in my sunglasses, I have lost one pair, mm. um, and it was uh, I, I I don't, I mean, I, I do blame myself, but they they fell out of my. I, I was actually gym related as well. I was I, I know exactly where I lost them. It was at a Harris Teeter, another grocery store close by. After going to the gym. Um, they, I, I know I had them in my pocket. And then when I got back to the car, they were not in my pocket and I walked around the Harris Teeter 30 times. And then I went to customer service and I was like, did anybody hand in sunglasses? And oh. then I called like every day for two weeks and they're like, no, no sunglasses. So, so they're, they're gone. Hey, it's a sunglasses guy. Call it again. Yeah, totally. He's on line one. Do we, we still don't have your sunglasses, sir. Uh, so Yeah. Uh, so buy, I guess buy a really expensive house and you'll never lose the keys or you never lose the house. I mean, you might lose the keys. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty expensive house. We felt like idiots, but anyway, Matt, Matt was, so the, this situation was, we have to, we had to go 
to another appointment. And then we, so we couldn't, didn't have time to drive back, which is like a half hour drive. And so Matt was like 10 minutes away on campus. And I'm like, hi, can I ask you a huge, big personal favor? And he went there and he looked and he says, yeah, they're not here. And I'm like, okay, that's the absolutely have to be here. Let's look harder. And I thought about looking in the glove box and boom, there you go. And there you go. Yep. We, uh, my, my kids are constantly losing their electronics. Not, mm. not because we've taken them away, but because they're in between the cushions of the couch or underneath the couch or in their beds. Um, and, and so I, I, I go through a panic mode also really because of the investment that I've made in these electronics Yes, yes. That, that I'm like, well, we have to find it now. We, I need to know where your Nintendo switch is right now. And, and mm-hmm. they're not nearly as, I mean, they're like, yeah, whatever. If I lose it, I lose it. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. We will find this. It can't, it couldn't have like, you didn't lose, leave it somewhere. It's in the house. We have to find it. Oh, so yeah. Um, so you, we, we have, we have the same, so we got to get to food safety eventually, but we have the same problem with, um, remotes. Mm. And, uh, and so my wife, my wife said to me, cause again, it's all about the new house with me. Um, she's like, well, I want to make a policy about the new house that we have to take our shoes off. And I'm like, that's fine with me. Like, like I proposed that uh, we could be a no shoe house at some point. And she's like, no, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. And lately she's come to the conclusion that it's just a lot of work to keep the house clean if we don't take off our shoes. And so then I made a counter proposal a couple of days later after she once again, she, she'll never listen to this. Please don't tell her if you know her and you're listening to this. Um, She is constantly losing the remotes. And I'm like, hey, maybe for the new house, we could have a policy like we keep the remotes like maybe in a remote dish and we don't lose them in the cushions. Um, And, and she didn't actually get too angry with me for that suggestion so that's not she, she wasn't she was a little angry when i when i sent her a laughing emoji when she said there's no dishwasher in our house <laughs> she's like i'm glad you think it's funny it's like no no it's terrible it's, it's really serious it's okay it's okay we'll fix it we'll fix it we can fix that <laughs> that's that is that is hilarious um we we also constantly lose the remotes and 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 we have uh you know, it's been covered in many, many different fora about probably the poorest design remote ever, which I don't really, it doesn't bother <sighs> me, but I, it's an Apple TV remote that mm-hmm. is super thin that I actually kind of like it. Um, I don't lose it very much, Don. I just want to let you mm-hmm. know, it's the other three people that live in my house that are <laughs> constantly losing it. And I, I, I'm going to put it, it's probably, it's a, we'll just say it's the sunglasses corollary that I have a very expensive remote yeah, that I always exactly. know where it is. Exactly. I don't yeah. want to lose it. And and I I, I even um, – I, I, it's not that I refuse. I, it, it, I know that if we lose the remote that I have multiple Apple products that I could control the TV with. Mm-hmm. I just don't yeah. want to. I want to use that remote. So I yep. will – yep, I, I keep track of it. I really, I really try to keep track of it. We do have – a, a, a silicon cover for it. I think you and yes. I talked about this a while yes, ago. Yes, I, I have. Yeah. I have one as well. It's really nice. Yeah, it, it, make, it makes it. It lets you orient the top and the bottom. I think better and uh, maybe not, but it, it's it, yeah, it's it's nice and grippy. It's a lovely blue color, so highly recommended. Yeah, no, totally. I, and we we have an orange and a pink one, um, and I try to get the most obnoxious colors, so we also would not lose it. Uh, the dog chewed the pink one pretty good, um, but not the Apple TV remote, which was nice. Uh, but the orange one seems to be in full, uh, full, yeah, f- fully, um, uh, in, in its original form. So, yeah. Uh, so this is, the, so we got that going on. You're, you're, I, I mentioned this, um, in another recording that we did earlier, but won't come out until like later after this, but you're, you are, as they say in the, um, 
in, in the British uh, TV shows that I watch, you are moving house. Um, mm-hmm. And but but you you discovered something today that I think is uh, that I want to talk to you about that. I know okay. it's, it's a little bit food safety related, but it's food related at least. So mm-hmm. we can, I guess we can get away with it. Um, but you 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 discovered that your uh, new home does not have a dishwasher, and so again, don't That's be not, yes. don't be creepy. Don't go looking through Zillow and trying to find all of the <laughs> all of the houses in New Jersey that are listed without a dishwasher, <laughs> like whatever. Well, house, thing, yeah. Ben, it's it's not like it's listed without a dishwasher. Right. It just doesn't list a dishwasher. If if it had dishwasher colon no, like, <laughs> that would have been a tip off, right? Yeah. Fascinating though, like who who has a, a house without a dishwasher? And maybe well, there are many. The lady we bought our house from. Yeah, but maybe there's many of our listeners. Maybe you and I are the the weird ones. Have mm-hmm. we have you ever thought that that maybe it's us? Maybe many people don't have a dishwasher, and we're the weird. But I we we were texting back and forth, and I said I would never think if I was buying a house and walking around the house, I would never think to look in the kitchen. For the dishwasher, I would always assume, just like a stove, that there would be a dishwasher there. A fridge is a little bit different because people do get like weirdly attached to their fridge and they take it with them. That's one that is, I think, is on my like it, that's on my radar. And microwaves, you know, sometimes they're built in and sometimes yep. they're not. Yep. But but a stove and a dishwasher, it, it's it, it's not like it's not, it's it's not like a, a kitchen often has like. An external dishwasher, although I did, Google, they do exist, um, but but they're, I mean, they're just like, it's part of, it's under the cabinet, it's there. There, I and, and every house that I've ever lived in, like my entire life, has had a dishwasher. So I, I yeah, it, it surprised me when when that was your discovery today. Mm-hmm. What? How did you discover it? Was this on a walkthrough? <laughs> like, I'm I'm well, interested. In this. So. I, I did not discover this. My my lovely wife did, and she she kept thinking like like sort of thinking to herself, well, where's the dishwasher in the kitchen? And she was never in the kitchen. And so, and so she sent me a video <laughs> where she slowly pans around the kitchen. It's like, nope, cabinets, cabinets, stove, cabinets, cabinets, space, cabinets for fridge. Oh, no dishwasher. cabinets. No, all, all cabinets. Yeah. That, I don't know, I guess. Well, yeah, and and our our plan our plan was we had a bunch of things that need to be done renovations that need to be done. Um, but uh, this, as as she said to me, this significantly increases the priority for redoing the kitchen. I mean, right. the kitchen is fine, except for missing a dishwasher, which we now know. But but I mean, it was functional. had had decent cabinets. Countertops are black granite and they're ugly, but they're fine. So yeah, but it was uh, yeah. Anyway, it was a bit of a. Anyway, it's it's okay. It's uh this is you know as I explained the the process of buying a house you know, or anything in life is you just do one step at a time. Right. And this is just another step now and it's fine. We can, we can wash our dishes by hand. It's annoying, but we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah. It's right. Right. Okay. So, so this was, I I wanted to use that as a jumping point to talk to you about food Mm. safety things. All right. So dishwashers are like something certainly that I've taken for granted. And and apparently you have as well Uh, because we don't look, we don't see them, but they provide us in our, um, consumer food safety research um, projects a little bit of a challenge and and so so we and I want to I I don't know I just want to talk through this with you so so we we've done and we'll link to a bunch of these we, we've done three years of studies um, on behalf of USDA's uh, food safety and inspection service around 
the consumer food handling and 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 microbiological impacts. And so we talked about this on the on the the program before the show before. Um, we it, we we um, go to the community here in Raleigh. We solicit people to come in to prepare food. We don't tell them exactly what they're doing. Like this is a food safety study. We we allude to it's about food preparation. We might be testing a new recipe. Um, we. Uh, we throw like little curveballs at them. Last year, we were really interested in um, frozen foods and how they're prepared, and and we it, we wanted to expose people to a passive way of messages, and that passive way of getting them messages was they were sitting in um, our uh, our waiting room for the for the kitchens, and we have this like video wall where we could show. Um, just, you know, commercials or TV, like just a, a local news program. So we actually like constructed a local news program with a whole bunch of public service announcements. One of them being one related to cooking um, frozen food and in both like frozen um, corn and peas and vegetables, as well as frozen um, uh, chicken, you know, uh, stuffed chicken products. And so wait, is, is this a fake news show that you made? Yeah. 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 We made it. We made a fake news show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, this is the kind of stuff that I do. We, we kids, we worked with. You fool people, Ben, you fool people. And I, sometimes they get very angry. We, Don, I like to use the word deception because that is the technical term for it. Unfortunately, the funders don't like to say that they like to say like deflecting attention, things like that. Um, but yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we worked with a media company that does a lot of, um, media tracking for the federal government, lots of different contracts. And so they had all of these like opioids, um, messages they, about, you know, federal program, um, financial literacy, like all, all those like types of things that you would expect that the federal government, I mean, used to be really interested in, maybe we'll be again, um, in, in January, um, things like health and wellness and well-being. Um, and so they uh, they have these like stock stories. And so we constructed those, but made it like a real like North education um, stuff, made it a real North Carolina flavor. And then it just played on a loop in the background while people were, were re like the deception part was they were waiting to, to go in and, and do like ma make this new recipe, this new product. And so we... Um, you know, we, and, and there was a, uh, an intervention that had the food safety message. And then there was a control group that sat there for the same amount of time, maybe on their phones, just waiting, wait, just like they were in a doctor's office. And the, the whole, like the whole premise was, um, often we are consuming information in the background, right? Like, like there's not, it, it's different now than it was 30 years ago where local news, people would sit down, watch local news either before or after dinner. And that was like part of what happened. Now it's kind of like on and there's constantly like information that's coming at people. And we wanted to test whether that was effective. Um, you know, it, or if it, you know, it, it just being really, really passive anyway. So I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you want to make this about food safety. No. I'm just now really interested in this fake news show. Yeah, yeah. So, so does it have fake call letters? Are there fake reporters? It's they're they're real reporters. Okay. That, that were covering. So so what what happens? Um, what what had happened was, uh, the so so like the the federal government will put out a press release and say, hey, we want to talk about this thing, 
right? This is really important. We have a program around this. And then there's like a media junket that they go on. So this, in our world of food safety, you'll see this around Thanksgiving, 4th of July, Memorial Day, holidays, that that um, someone, and I, I bet you I can find a, a press availability um, link for the for the show notes, but, but someone from USDA's um, uh, um, Office of Public Affairs and Consumer Education, the, the group that runs the meat and poultry hotline, they'll be available and they will do a bunch of uh, interviews. And those interviews um, will go to a local news you know, story or it'll be like a syndicated interview. So I did some stuff a while ago with NBC, but it wasn't really NBC. It was the NBC affiliates. So it ran in like 72 stations nationally. This is all about not washing poultry. Um, but, but it was, you know, one interview that, that just got picked up and it's with a, it's with a a reporter. There's an anchor that pit, you know, that, that might say something before the story. They go to this like stock interview back and forth. And then the anchor says something again, that's really local. So we use that, that, that whole package and then constructed a whole bunch of these all together. So it, so it wasn't just like the federal government wants you to know that food safety is important. It had a, um, a, a very like local news kind of feel to it with just ge- like generic local news anchors, I guess they're all a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But they're not, but it's not like, it's not like, well, there's been a, there's been an accident on the highway right. and you know, like, so it, the, the, the news just coincidentally happened to be about food safety. Right? Exactly. And other things. And, and the, it, but it, yeah. But, okay. The op- So I think we ran, I think it was like a 12 minute loop. So it was two and a half minutes on food safety and then, you know, the op- opioid crisis and financial okay. literacy and so okay, national and so, issues, not, and not, so lo- the, yeah. and, th- and those national issues were semi, they were not, it was not like breaking news, right? This, right. These are, these are stories that are in the news, like generally speaking, and probably will be for, se- I'm just wondering, yeah. like, is this like disposable? Is it like, so these are issues that have been in the news this year, Yes. Yeah. you know, within okay. the last and, like and and I, I think we were trying to get stuff that had been covered within the last six months and okay and there's like a bank of these that are out there that the federal government at least in our project had their ability to go to their partners who do the media tracking to get and so we we took a, you know we, we actually spent this is probably um it's probably 18 months ago we spent a bunch of meetings kind of constructing what we wanted to be the bedding for this food safety message that gets like put into the middle of this and and thinking about like the scientific aspect i was really concerned that we didn't want it to be here are these four stories and then it's these same four stories plus a food safety story like like that that's not comparable right like i wanted these four stories plus another reissue of one of those other stories. So it's not just a shorter amount of time. Like we're trying to keep the time all the same. The messages were all the same. So, so we ran the educational literacy one twice in those 12 minutes, as opposed to just having a gap. And then we also didn't want to put a different one in to see, because now we're measuring not if the food safety messages, like now we have a different variable, right? Like now it's, it's maybe some other weird, like, you know, Christmas tree, story about um agriculture maybe that actually has some impact on what people are going to do in the kitchen and we just want to we wanted to sort of control for all of that so okay does that all make sense and then well yeah and then like i know i asked this before i just want clarification this is like a a fake station with fake call letters right yeah 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 and and it's so so what happens if somebody wants to find this station later well and like 
Or do you, do you tell them that, by the way, that was a fake news show? Yeah, we tell them at the end okay. that they've been okay. deceived. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yep. Cool. So, so they could have been I'm like, in. wow, this is really great news about opioids. I want I, I want I want to I want to I want to I got to I, I how have I missed this station? What a exactly. great station. Yeah. Where, and they are so they open up drafts <laughs> in their phone and they're like writing the call letters down. <laughs> I'm going to go check this out later. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah, yeah. So so that's so that's like that was the setup for last year's um, project. And we this I, I'll I'll you know, we'll, we'll include this in the show notes. The the reports all been um, posted. We're we're in the process of um, and this is kind of like the, a difference in how we run these projects. The federal government has a report that they have to put out at a you know it's it's re- related to the contract. They're not as I'm not going to say that they're not as interested. Why well, I, I will say they're not as interested in peer review. At the time, they want to get the the, right. the report out, and then we'll go through right. the peer review process for the manuscripts. And so we've now right. done three years of that. Okay. And, um, and so the, so I don't have a paper a peer reviewed paper to to point to, but I'll point to the report that is in process of preparation for peer review. Um, Got it. And and so I mean the like not not super you know um, surprising I guess you know passive communication like this. Um, it, it, we didn't see a whole lot of difference between you. Know, it's it, it, and and I I really pitched this idea by saying there's X number of dollars that we're spending every year, not just the federal government, but there's local government, there's um, state uh, health agencies doing a lot of you know put out a press release, let's do a bunch of media to talk about a specific issue, and and that's there's a lot of there's a lot of time and and I you know resources involved in that right like if I do I mean let, let's go back on you you and I since the start of the the pandemic I, I'm I'm gonna ask, I stopped counting at 300 interviews that I did that are covid related mm-hmm. and I stopped counting in August at 300 so wow. so so I and I would say you're you're probably in the same realm right like we're we're, oh, we're I, I stopped I stopped counting my media interviews a couple of years ago because it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it <laughs> was it just, I was yeah. like, it's fine. I, let me just take this. And because it was that section of my CV was getting, so I need to go back because what I did is I just left it in my CV and I stopped updating it. And I just really need to go back and say, you know, Lost. this, this guy, he talks to them a lot and he's talked to, he talks to the Washington post and New York times and just, you know, mention some of the big, the big names. And yeah. then, you know, and then of course local radio and all that. So, well, and, and I, yeah. I, I got really interested this time in actually counting. Cause I don't, I don't do a really good job at that. Um, but I was really interested because we were trying something different, my media stuff, plus all the information and social media that we were doing. I wanted metrics on it. So I, I started counting. I was like, all right, let me just put a spreadsheet together. And then on the back end, I had, um, I tapped into our NC state, news services folks who do media clippings and I asked them monthly like can you tell me because I know you guys are tracking it tell me all the times I got quoted right so I don't have to actually yeah. track it so I, so I've got those two yeah. and like, I and I I, yeah. I I will say I do have a Google News alert set up in my name which is yeah. really weird every time somebody named Donald Schaffner dies but <laughs> but it does it does mostly catch uh, the food safety stories that I'm quoted in well, and yeah, so it's like all that kind of stuff, right? Like, like I don't want right. to, I don't want to estimate, I don't know how many hours that is, right? Like, and, but, but also it's my job and it doesn't, 
really matter how many hours it is. But if but the federal government or or a state government that someone who's doing communications, this is their job, right? Like, and and this is part of my job. But but if 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 I do less or more of it, it's really just it's only impacting my time, not not others. I don't have to justify the budget that's going into it. But if we look at all of the food safety messages that are out there, the campaigns that are there, the time that people are spending doing interviews, it's it's not an insignificant amount of time. And so and it, me and, and our project team, we talked a lot about this and said, how what is the impact of that? Like we can put a metric on the resource input cost, but do we know every time we do an interview about something that's generic, not like here's an outbreak, but hey, um, this information about not washing poultry, you should have this. We don't really know what the impact of that is, and but there are real costs. So we wanted to basically set up a project that we would try to to explore that a little bit and not, not to, like, we can't fully answer that question in this project, but we wanted to know if we were just, someone's just in a, you know, doctor's waiting room and there's a, a news story that's on in the background that they're maybe paying attention to, or they're cooking, you know, preparing a meal and the news is on the background and may not be sitting down to pay attention to it. Does it matter? Um, it, 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 you know, out, out there, what kind of impact is it? So that was what the project was, was all about, but I'm going to bring it back to dishwashers now <laughs> because one thing that we found in the second year of our, of our project, which was really focused on poultry washing was um, cleaning and sanitizing the sink and cleaning and sanitizing both. And I'm, I'm being real specific with my words. It's not about um, washing the dishes, but cleaning and sanitizing the things that we touch and handle around raw meats matter. Two-step process, right? Clean to remove the debris, sanitize to take care of pathogens that are left over. And, and the dishwasher provides us in the research world with a, a bit of a conundrum because what we want to do is is ask and what we what we continue to do with these projects is say um do what you would normally do at home if you have a dishwasher and you would just put all this stuff in the dishwasher put it all in the dishwasher if mm -hmm. you would if you would clean and sanitize the cutting board or what you know whatever if you would clean the you know, if you would handle the cutting board in the in the sink do what you would do at home because we want to see the impacts of that and and so we've kind of in in this I'm, I'm this is where I'm gonna I'm 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 priming you for a big question, which is, what do you think the utility of the sanitize button is on a dishwasher from a foodborne illness standpoint? Because because we have we made an assumption we made a justification by looking at a little bit of data that's out there, but there's not a whole lot about temperatures rinse cycles, time, if, if, if we put a lot of pathogen in a dishwasher, regardless of whether the sanitizer button, which, which really is kicking on, it's, it's using heat as a sanit as a sanitize like step. And it's kicking on two things. One, a pump to, um, or, a, a heater on a, on a pump to, to, you know, heat the, the water up above the normal tap water that you would have in your hand, in your house, sometimes up as, as hot as like, uh, uh, you like a hundred and you know, eighty degrees Fahrenheit. It's you know, it's it, depending on the on the on what you have. And then there's a drying, 
um, uh, part of that sanitized step in many dishwashers that also has a heat step, like there's heat that's applied there. So those two things go kind of go hand in hand. And so as you are in the market for a dishwasher, see, see what I'm doing here, Don? Mm-hmm. Coming back to mm-hmm. see the original question. Nice. Not nice. bad, right? A, you can't just yeah, follow good. the thread here. Um, do you put any stake in the sanitize button? And I'm going to give you my quick answer. I don't. I don't think it matters. And that's why we've kind of made this assumption that if someone puts it in the dishwasher and there's a pathogen left on it, there's not going to be a pathogen on that plate or cutting board, regardless of what dishwasher step we take. If it's at normal, I'm going to run the normal cycle. The amount of water, the dilution, all that. So so that's – I've given you my answer, but I don't know. What do you – like what do you think about this? Or do you think about it? Yeah, so – I absolutely I do think about it and I think it's a really good question and 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 you know who we should have as a guest on the podcast is we should have um DP Bachmule from the Faculty of Life Sciences at the <laughs> Rhine Wall University of Applied Sciences in Cleve Germany oh, or DP, maybe DP one of, one of his put... colleagues <laughs> one of one of his colleagues from the household and appliance technology section of the University of Bonn in Bonn Germany no so I as we talked about on a, a different podcast that we just recorded, um, uh, I reviewed. I was a reviewer, anonymous reviewer for an article that appeared in the Journal of Applied Microbiology, entitled "A Method to Evaluate Factors Influencing the Microbial Reduction in Domestic Dishwashers." And it turns out this is a relatively un uh, unstudied area. Oh, look at that! I'm I'm getting another invitation to review an article for the Journal of Applied Microbiology. I wonder if Google is listening and sending and sending out messages. Um, so. Um, so, 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 so obviously this is an interesting area of science and it's one that people should study. I don't know if this particular article, it's been a few years since I looked at it. I don't know if this particular article addresses the sanitizer cycle or not. Um, but what I will say is I think, I think the sanitizer cycle does something right. And what it does is it applies a higher degree of heat and it might apply a, a longer wash. And I've got to look, so I can tell you right away, if, I, I we are very happy. Uh, we have been very happy with the dishwasher uh, that we have um, in our current house, uh, which we put in when we moved in. We we it had it had we bought a house with a dish, dishwasher before, just wasn't a very good one, and so we swapped it out for this this new one. And I think it is a German dishwasher, and it has it's wonderful. It's very quiet. And it doesn't have anything. It's very, very German aesthetic. There's nothing on the front panel, uh, including lights or buttons or anything. And how you can tell that it's on is it shines a little red light down on the floor. And so you just look down, you see the little red light on the floor and you know that it's running. And usually quiet. It's getting a little noisier recently, but it's usually so quiet that you don't even can't even tell whether it's running or not. And then all of the controls are on like sort of the, as you pull the door out, the top uh, row of the door, the top of the door, you can, there's, there's buttons and stuff there. And so, so my answer, does the sanitizer button do something? Yes, I think it does produce a more robust wash of your dishes. But, but I also agree with what you said is like, what's the risk? What's the additional risk reduction from the sanitizer versus just regular washing? Yeah. I've got, I've got to think that even if let's say you, you dump, uh, uh, something in there, uh, that is full of, 
pathogens and loaded with, you know, like, let's say you, let's say you just put a whole uh, chicken thigh in there, right? Without a whole chicken thigh, uh, that's, that's just, just, you're just going to wash the chicken thigh, right? Uh, the, 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 that is, it's going to probably screw up your dishwasher, right? So, or maybe a better would be to take, let's, let's make a hamburger and then let's smush the hamburger in a very thin layer on a, on a dish and put that dish in there, right? That is the 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 path. I doubt I doubt very much that you're going to get pathogens um, persisting in that dishwasher, whether or not you use the sanitized cycle. But on the other hand, um, one of the other um, things that we just talked about on the other other podcast, which is called, by the way called "Risky or Not," which we are also uh, promoting here, was an article on dishwasher seals and microbial contamination on dishwasher seals. And I remember, and I don't have that article up in front of me right now, but they did find, they certainly found pathogens like Bacillus cereus, which the spores are going to survive, no surprise there. But they also found generic E. coli and Pseudomonas, right? And so what that says to me is that like so those, those organisms came from somewhere, right? And they got, they sort of grew and maybe colonized the seal. So what I'm wondering is, I, yeah, I, we, I would, yeah, it's it, right. Right. The, the question is, so so you can get these vegetative pathogens persisting <clears throat> and colonizing the seal, but the question is, where did they come from? Did they come from the food? And then what would the what would the effect of the sanitizer cycle have on that? And then again, it's a risk risk trade off because if you run the sanitizer cycle, you're using more heat and more energy, and that's you know that's maybe not as good for the planet, right? And so figuring out exactly what drives the risk. Is it's a really good question, uh, but but again, I think in terms of my gut answer, I would agree with you that the sanitizer cycle is not the the reduction in risk from the running the regular cycle is so huge that the additional risk reduction from the sanitizer it's like well we're going to do this thing that's five log reduction and or we can do this other thing that's a seven log reduction or a ten log reduction does it really matter well five logs probably going to take care of any any risk that you've that you've got right does that make sense yeah no it, it totally makes sense and 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 uh the the thing with the seal that that i think bothers me the most uh, is the pathogens if so so say say there's something on the seal right i open it up is that seal exposed to the inside of the the basin or I, I don't know what the no because that's how it has bacteria on it it's not being right washed. right 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 so so it's so once it's closed i don't really care what's on the seal because it's not going to migrate even with all this spraying and rinsing it's not going to migrate to my back to my dishes to me well, or or if it does let's say it does migrate into the interior of the dishwasher well it's going to get hit with soap and it's going to go down the drain right right, right. So, exactly so, yes yeah, exactly yeah. At, at the end of so so anyway the the I, I guess what I, I I should have probably reasoned this out with you or with someone before we made all these decisions. It turns <laughs> out I probably made the decision that that you would you're you're supporting by talking through this. But we've we've basically said okay, it's we if someone puts their stuff in the dishwasher, this isn't a dishwasher safety study, right? Like and epidemiologically, we haven't seen dishwashers be. Uh, identified using a dishwasher is not identified as a risk factor for foodborne illness pathogens. Right. And, and, and so, well, but, it, but it might be interesting to study again, <clears throat> apropos our new house um, is, is having a dishwasher. Right. Right. 
a risk a risk mitigation in the case control study. If I if I don't have an automatic dishwasher, if I wash my dishes by hand, am I now perhaps more susceptible to foodborne disease because of the benefit of the automatic dishwasher? Well, and and I'll oh man, I wish I had the pull, the, pull this up, but we found and let me let me actually get you uh, some actual data here. Um, we we found in this study that pe when asked to do what they would normally do at home, people that attempted to clean and sanitize, this is not from the frozen food study, this is from the one on washing poultry um, the, the year before, but we found that people, um, uh, let's see, washing chicken, uh, I guess it didn't. Only 4% of participants in our study cleaned and sanitized the sink after washing poultry as per best practice. So both clean and sanitize. And there was some level of finding it in, and I think it was like 11% of the time. We So what, what I haven't told you about but in this episode, but we have talked about in the past. In our studies, we include a, um, a, a, a surrogate, microorganism when we did a poultry washing we did a, a non-pathogenic e coli lab lab strain of e coli dh5 alpha um and it, it was uh so if we found it anywhere in the kitchen we knew that it came from the the meal preparation itself right right, right? and so we would we swabbed after the end of the observation when someone said hey we're done cleaning sanitizing we go and i think it was like an 11 percent of all observations, we found it still in the sink even after people cleaned and sanitized like they did at home. So, so my my question, is, I, I guess there's multiple things, right? Having a dishwasher is that less risky, more risky, the same riskiness, right? Because I don't have this automatic. And then if I have a dishwasher, does it matter whether it's sanitized or not? And and I you know I, there's there's science to be done on on both of those, but I I think, I, you know I. From from our work, I think people uh, there there is a portion of the population that doesn't fully clean and sanitize as per best practice that still leaves pathogens there right after. But how long those pathogens persist are going to depend on the pathogen, how it moves from that that sink basin into um, uh, into food is going to depend on how people handle things afterwards. Like there's I I still don't think that sinks are like our number one source of cross-contamination in the in the kitchen but there might be under focused on but but the you know it, it just just washing my my dirty dishes in the sink depositing pathogens there and then rinsing it out the fact that it's going to dry on stainless steel over time probably is as big of a risk reduction step than you know if i sanitized it right afterwards just yeah Right. And, and, and if you are washing your poultry <clears throat> in your sink, it really doesn't matter whether you have an automatic dishwasher or not, because you're not washing the poultry there. Right. 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 So, so the real, the real risk factor is washing the, the, the poultry in the sink, uh, which would be not be recommended. And it's no surprise that you would find pathogens there. I guess I'm, I'm interested to know though, for those that did not wash the poultry in the sink, what was the prevalence of 
the marker organism in the sink in those cases. In other words, does washing the, I mean, it's, it seems logical that washing the poultry in the sink drives the risk of path or of the marker organism being in the sink, but it would be interesting to have the, the control there for people that didn't do that. We, right? Yeah. And we have that. And I wish okay. I could bring it, I, I could give you that right away. Um, but I think it was higher than we thought. Like, I think it was 26% in the poultry washing and 20% in the non-washers. Wow. Yeah. But, it, but this, but this was prevalence or prevalence and concentration prevalence. Yeah. It, so yes, I, uh, concentration drives the risk. And so right. again, I, I mean, obviously there's reasons why you did it the way you did. It's much, much more expensive to, to get concentration. We, we have the stuff. concentration. I just oh. don't think it's in oh. the report. That's oh, in the, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, I just don't think we, it's it, that we save that one for the, for the manuscript. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, as far as I remember, um, on this, but, but I think the, 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 the interesting part is, okay, well, how does the pathogen, if, if, if I'm no, not washing my poultry in the sink, how do I get the pathogen to the sink from the poultry? And it's probably hand washing. Oh, right? yeah. Right. So, yeah, so yeah. cause those pathogens, like I'm touching something, it's got a, the, the, or I'm, um, I'm rinsing off a, a, a cutting board that that's part of the, part of the story here, but it definitely was higher in those that washed the chicken. Right. But it wasn't yeah, zero course, for those who didn't, is I guess the point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we'll also link to a paper by Chuck Gerba um, where they surveyed, uh, nominally it was about um, uh, hypochlorite products to see whether they would you know, reduce contamination levels. But they've got the control study first, which is uh, 10 weeks in the control period. Um, and they uh, found that the kitchen was the most heavily contaminated uh, site more than the bathroom, uh, and toilet seat was not very contaminated, go figure. Um, and then, uh, back highest concentrations of all three, uh, classes of bacteria. And they looked at fecal coliforms, total coliforms, and basically total plate count. Uh, the, the they're high in, uh, locations that are, uh, moist and frequently touched, including, uh, sponges and dishcloths, kitchen sink drain area, bath sink drain area, and kitchen faucet handles. So obviously, you know, and you're, you're your work, sorry, you know, is is a further an enhancement and refinement of, of this because you're you're actually studying the actual movement in in real time. Yep, yep. And and I I did real time follow up. Just uh, we do include the level of contamination and, and quantification in the executive summary that I just sent you. Yep. Um. So so yeah, we know about the prevalence and we know about the um uh, about the contamination. So so I would uh, what what I'm seeing is post wash inner sink. Um, riskier than the spice containers that we looked at, which was hand transmission, probably after handling. Um, and then we also did find it in um, salad lettuce that was prepared after this, the uh, the uh, the washing of, of the chicken. And so that, yeah. So anyway, we'll we can more more on on that once we get into the publication of this. But 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 for me, you know, I, I guess the the big thing I wanted to take away from this was we. We just felt it was not fair, I guess, to participants. And and I don't know, fair is maybe not the right the right term. But you know, we had to make a we had to make a decision on whether we thought that someone who was putting stuff in the dishwashing dishwasher was truly cleaning and sanitizing. Is that a two two step uh, a, a step process? Even if they don't hit the sanitize button, 
And and we gave them that was equal risk reduction to if they cleaned and sanitized in the sink themselves. We didn't want we didn't have a good way or justification to differentiate them. And that's really how I look at my dishwasher. I wouldn't I, I can't think of a situation where I would open up my dishwasher and say, oh, well, that was very, very well cleaned. Now I will take my dishes out and sanitize them and let them sit here. I, I, I look at them as, um, as, as pathogen reduced as much as I would if I was washing them in my own, in my own sink. Right. Yeah. And certainly reduced enough to, to say, yes, I'm not worried about this. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 So anyway, good. See, there you go. Little, little thread of dishwasher through the, through the whole, uh, the whole thing. Um, I, I got, I got something. Well, I got a couple of things um, that I, I wanted to uh, talk to you about. Um, did you see that there was uh, uh, some stuff that was recalled? Sorry, I'm Googling. I wasn't quite ready for this. That's okay. Well, you get ready. I, I want to re read some listener feedback. Oh, feedback. Feedback it up. So, um, so this comes from... A uh, friend of the show and personal friend uh, whom with whom we have met in real life back when we could do that. Um, and the uh, the subject line is cannibal sandwich, literature and nuclear war. Love it. <laughs> Hi, Ben and Don. This would be better as a Twitter thread, but I finally deleted my account. Anyhow, after listening to seven riskier knots in a row while jumping rope, I arrived, of course, at the cannibal sandwich episode. As soon as I heard the phrase, I remembered where I had first learned it. Alas, Babylon, Pat Frank's 1959 novel about nuclear war. I was assigned the novel in eighth grade, several other nuclear war novels. Set in Florida, the book features Randy, the somewhat Randy protagonist who likes to lace his morning coffee with bourbon. Nuclear war cures him of that practice. Relevant packet. Sorry, relevant passage, colon. In his kitchen, Randy made himself a cannibal sandwich. Lib considered his habit of eating raw ground beef. Sorry, Lib considered his habit of eating raw ground round, smeared with horseradish and mustard and pressed between slices of rye bread, barbarous. He'd explained it was simply a bachelor's meal, quick and lazy, and anyway, he liked it. <laughs> Nuclear war cures him of that vice and eliminates that risk. <laughs> Stay safe and have a good holiday. So, so number one, I, I, I wish more people who were writers were. I mean, I, nothing, nothing against our fans, but I mean, let's uh, let me let me let me change that. Let me rephrase that. Beth is a wonderful writer, and that not only applies to other things that she does, but also the emails that she sends to us. And then she quotes from uh, a, a really a really great. Uh, book. So anyway, so thanks to Beth. Thanks to the link to Alas Babylon. I don't think I've read Alas Babylon. It's probably one of those books. I was a big, and still am to a certain extent, a science fiction uh, fan as a kid. Uh, I'm sure I would recognize the cover of Alas Babylon as one of those books that I always looked at in the bookstore, but then never, never got around to buying. Uh, but we will definitely, uh, we will definitely link, uh, link to this. And again, I, I'll, uh, I'll probably, you know, what, what I do now, Ben, is I buy books on Kindle and then I don't read them. So I think I might buy this or at least get a sample. <laughs> I think um, there's and, a Japanese and, word for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's different from the one where you buy books and put them on yourselves and don't read them, but it's similar. It's uh, with an it's with Kindle in it somehow. Oh, speaking of, speaking of books, I was packing up books um, uh, for the move, and uh, we have a copy of Marie Kondo's book, uh, which, oh. uh, which I I, I, pack, I carefully packed into a box. Excellent. Those you spark some joy <laughs> with the. With that sparks the joy to know we had the book. I didn't realize we had the book. Oh, that's that's hilarious. I I um hey so speaking speaking of books, um I started reading, like as as a actual book from start to finish. This is my goal over the holidays. Um Kenji's book, the the food, oh. food lab. Yeah, cool. yeah. So so there's I mean the, the there's stuff to cook in there, um but but it's also kind of an interesting read. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, I wanted to give you the, the heads up on that. We, um, Kenji, uh, J, J Kenji alt, J Kenji Lopez alt, sorry, uh, has, uh, we, we know him a little bit from the internet, uh, back at the start of the pandemic. He, um, he was asking some questions and, and I was replying to him on a thread and then he called me and we wrote, um, a little bit of an article together and he put a lot of information out there. He's a, he's, I, I really like from, I, I know that. Um, the, not always do we agree on the science, but he is really interested in the science of food. And, and, and so, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's always, uh, kind of interesting to, to interact with him, but it's the, um, the food lab, um, is, is a, it's been, a, it's an interesting book. So check, I mean, check it out again, not a sponsor of the podcast, but, uh, but a good, uh, a, a good, a good read so far. He's a great writer. Mm. Um, okay. So. Thank you. For, oh, so yeah. I do. I do want to point out um, that we are looking. We are recommending Alas Babylon. Um, we are not recommending Alas Bob Babylon, an exposition of Revelation eighteen um, uh, by William L. Turner, which is apparently a religious book. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> we are recommending the science fiction book by uh, uh, Pat Frank. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so two two things popped up this week that I thought were interesting to talk about. Um, and so one, this is, uh, you know, one, one of the things that the listeners of the podcast know about is every once in a while, we'll just go to food safety news and talk about things that pop up there. So this is one of them. Um, uh, yesterday us headline USDA concerned about chicken from China, fake us inspection mark used. So, um, the article, and this is com comes from a, uh, a press release, but the product is no longer available to customers, but USDA officials have issued a public alert for certain organic imported raw chicken wings because they are marked with a fraudulent establishment number. Label information printed in Chinese makes it more difficult for consumers to identify the product. Um, this is from the Dida, Dida USA Corporation. Uh, a Saratoga, California establishment received and distributed ineligible imported frozen chicken wings produced from the People's Republic of China, the U.S. commerce for retail sale, uh, according to the alert. I, so this one caught my eye because I can't – I don't remember anything like this before. Like I, we've certainly seen food fraud pop up, you know, re really um, – I, you know, maybe most recently, the biggest uh, sort of issue came out of horse meat being used as uh, beef and pork in in Europe, and leading to many, 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 many recalls. And then certainly um, melamine being used in um, in pet food back about a decade ago in China. There's been lots um, that have uh, that that have popped up but this is the first time that i can think about like someone fraudulently 
putting a fake inspection mark on. I mean, is that, does this ring a bell to you? Have you heard about this? I, I've got to think this happens on a regular basis. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and the, the, there is, and I, I had a back and forth with some reporters about, um, may, face masks from China and it wasn't clear if they were, if they were legit or not. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether this has ever happened, but I, I've got to imagine that it does happen on a regular basis. Well, some number one, it may happen and nobody knows. Right. 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 Cause if you've ever walked into the, like an Asian grocery store and walked down the aisles, I mean, it's just, you know, aisle after aisle of stuff with, you know, very little English on the labeling. Um, and, uh, so I've got to, I've got to think that, you know, that this, this stuff probably does happen all the time. There's so much they can't possibly inspect it all. So, um, but I, I don't know, uh, I don't know. We, you, we, I'll do, I'll do a search here in a minute for fake us inspection mark, but, uh, I, I've got to think it happens from time to time and hopefully we detect it much of the time, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happens more than often than we detect. Yeah. I, the only thing that, that pops into my mind was something that, that I remember happening when I was back in, in Ontario. And again, this is, this makes me feel old now. Like all of my, Don, all of my stories are old now. Um, this is what happens when you get older. Um, and, and, but so, so there was, uh, a, a, um, a, like a criminal investigation and a recall linked to Elmer meat. And that's how you would pronounce that. It's, it's not Elmer, it's Elmer meat packers. Um, and I don't even know if they're still in business, but, uh, this is back in 2003. I will link to the uh, CBC story from thir- 17 years ago. Um, and, and what, if I remember this whole thing correctly, what, what had happened was there was, um, the, the they were, um, processing dead stock, like down ca- cattle, Oof. but mm. they had, somehow acquired like a CFIA Canadian food inspection agency, um, inspectors tape that, that they were fraudulently using. And again, I think allegedly at this point is probably, I think they were all prosecuted for it. So hopefully we don't end up with like any libel related to this, but, um, but, but I, I believe what was happening was they were, yeah, they had this, uh, inspectors tape when they would, there was kind of like a, a nod and a wink that if someone had a sick looking cow, they would process this, this cow, um, and, uh, and, you know, bring it in and don't worry, we will do it when the inspector's not here, but we have the inspector mark and we will be able to like slip it in. Cause it's not going to be a whole lot of, uh, of meat that's coming through that makes the sort of accounting of this process look really bad. And I mean, people went to, I, I think, I mean, people were charged criminally for, for this, right? Like this was, um, not just, uh, it, it was pretty bad. So that was the, that's the only thing that comes to mind that I, that I remember, you know, f- following this for, for some time, that's, that's the only time. And this, this was, there was heightened awareness cause this was happening a few months after BSE was found in Canada, which was, you know, certainly a big deal, but also heightened awareness around beef inspection and dead stock and downer cattle. Um, so, so there was a lot going on, but that's, I don't know. That's the only one that I can think of, but I might, I totally might be missing stuff. That's, that's art that's out there that we're, we're that I don't know about. Yeah. Well, in, in doing a Google search, uh, I did turn up an article entitled federal officials seize 1 million counterfeit erectile dysfunction pills. Oh, um, which is has a relatively recent uh, date, I believe. Uh, yeah, December seventeenth. Um, the other thing, and I yeah, and there's a lot. There's I mean, it lo- turns up a lot of articles from Food Safety News that are not about this. When you type the phrase into Google News, um, 
And then the other other thing that I'll say is um, I, the, the food safe will link to the food safety news article. The package is really weird because it has an, like an FDA logo. On right, it, right. Right. And then somewhere it must have a USDA establishment number, uh, but I don't see it. It's weird. It, oh, right. wait, I do see it's on the front. Yeah. Yeah. It's on yeah. The, the USDA is on the front, but then it's just got it's just as FDA on the back. Yeah. Um, well, you know, here's the thing, Ben. If you want to get you want to get bad food into the U.S., just the the hint the hint is just slap a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah, put them all on there. Put a CDC logo just on that. Put a CDC logo, yeah. Yeah, EPA, NC State logo, NC State. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, EPA approved. EPA, EPA approved. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Um, I, I, I you you know we have another um and again you pointed out in the last episode this isn't a bit this is a segment. Okay, so I'm I'm going to. Well, I'm, so what is the difference between a bit and a segment? I think a bit is something you're doing for a joke. I think a segment is something that might people might find funny, but is really serious and part of the art. Wow. Whew. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, right. So, so I have, um, uh, I have a, a, a communication uh, for us to rate. Uh, let me let me find. Oh, it. oh yes, this 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 bit. <laughs> yeah, this is the bit, right? This is our this is the bit that we have. Um, so this this comes. So the bit is called um, or or the segment segment is called uh, ABC CDC plus. Uh, AB ABC CDC plus. I don't know ABC DC plus. But today's uh, communication uh, comes to us, and and I I don't know. Oh yeah, there is a. Um, let me. I'll, I will send you the actual link to this because there is a website. It came to me in form of email, um, the electronic email that that sometimes ends up in in inboxes, um, and it is entitled. And this comes to us today from from the FDA, from the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, the title of this is is Outbreak Investigation of E. coli 0157H7 colon Unknown Food Fall 2020. FDA announces completion of two E. coli outbreak investigations. Um, so I'll, I'll read to you uh, uh, some highlights from this. Uh, FDA and CDC, in collaboration with state and local partners, had completed the investigation on two of three multi-state outbreaks of E. coli 157H7 infections in the U.S. this fall. One of these investigations, Outbreak Unknown Source 3, identified 18 reported illnesses in nine states. FDA completed, and I won't go through the states, but you'll just have to trust me, there are nine. Mm. FDA completed a traceback investigation of several potential food vehicles identified in patient interviews. And although no single farm was identified as a common source of the outbreak, FDA and state partners also conducted on-site investigations of farms of interest. So we, we, we go, and I'm going to you know sort of break this down. Don't know exactly what the food is. Patients said some stuff. There was common... No single farm, but common food items. So we went to some farms of interest. However, information and samples collected in these inspections did not link these farms to the outbreak. Investigation of farm doesn't mean the farm is linked to an outbreak. Uh, results of the investigation of farm may well lead to the firm being ruled out of the investigation. Uh, on uh, December 18th, CDC announced that this outbreak had ended. Um, the other completed outbreak, uh, outbreak investigation, Outbreak Unknown Source 1, Identified 32 illnesses in 12 states. Um, this this one, the strain of E. coli, is genetically similar to a strain uh, linked to a romaine outbreak. And and I th this is one I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a half a point off, Don, 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a romaine outbreak. I think it's an E. coli outbreak linked to romaine. Because yep. a romaine outbreak would mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's romaine everywhere. And it's surprising. Um, yes. But that occurred in the spring of 2018, though a food was not linked to the current outbreak. FDA completed traceback investigation was unable to determine common source of the outbreak. FDA and state partners also conducted on-site inspections of the farm of interest. So those they closed these two outbreaks. There is a third, and this is my favorite part, Don. And I, I'm just going to read verbatim the sentence I love. <laughs> Investigations of a 30 coli outbreak of unknown source two continue. So, so there are two outbreaks that have been closed, source one and source three, but the third outbreak, source two, continues. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm having, I'm having a laugh, as, uh, as Ricky Gervais would say. So, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's like reviewer three is, uh, is actually the second reviewer or something. Right, and, right, right. And I, I think, I think, uh, so mostly I'm thinking, um, that, that you have named the segment incorrectly. I think the segment today should be named FDA BCBC plus. Oh, I like it. FDA BCBC plus. Got it. Yeah. FDA BCDC plus. C plus. Okay. Got so it. It's FDA CDC, but there's an ABC connecting in the middle. <laughs> it's, this is getting, it's, it's almost like this segment needs its own podcast soon. It's going to, uh, so, so here's, wait till the, we get EPA involved. Oh my gosh. Um, EPA, BCDC plus. <laughs> Cedar, CDC, EPA, FSIS plus. Um, so here's the recommendation though, Don, that comes out of this. So, so uh-huh. me, I just want to say two, oh, two outbreaks. Haven't gotten to the punchline yet. Haven't okay. gotten to the punchline yet. I mean, we got to the first part of the punchline that, that would get me a laugh. Recommendation, consumers, restaurants, and retailers were advised not to eat, sell, or serve recalled Tanamura and Antle Incorporated brand packaged single head romaine lettuce with a pack date of 1215, 12, uh, 1220 or 1216-1220. The recalled products are now well beyond expiration and are no longer likely on the market or in consumers' homes. That's it. There's some more information, but it's really about the recall. Um, uh, it, it, uh, there was a possible – the reason why the recall was there, this it goes back to November 6th. We talked about this on a previous outbreak. Uh, it was due to the possible contamination with E. coli on 157H7. I want to highlight that coli is incorrectly capitalized. Uh, the C is. Um, uh, so, okay. Just, just, are, are so you got it all? You're looking at it? Wait, where, where, where is it incorrectly capitalized? It is incorrectly capitalized. Oh, I see. Recall information. Yep. 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 So it, I, here's what I get out of this, Don. Okay. We, we, there are three outbreaks. Okay. You're with me so mm, far? Mm, uh, thir- uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> There, yep, yep. I, I'll tell you that there are three outbreaks. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, man. I know that because, there are three outbreaks. I think, I, I think in the recommendation, uh, they're talking about a fourth outbreak. I don't know. I don't know if this fourth. So it could be because because unknown source one, unknown source two, unknown source three, and known source one. Annie Morana and Antle. I don't know. Can't Morana and Antle. I'm what telling, a hard name to say. I'm telling anyway, you. I I know. What, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, I think that that one is actually linked to one of those unknown recalls. But 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 if that, but they didn't say that. No, they didn't, Don. They didn't say that. That yep. So 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 you're with. So okay, let's let's Wait, just agree I on see this. Now, why you wanted to talk about this? Yeah, it's a good one, right? And and uh, let me tell you, it's even better when you try to read it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we got out. out so I, I just want to go through this outbreak unknown source three. Outbreak unknown source one, outbreak unknown source two, and a recall. 
I don't see a direct line between the recall and either of the unknown sourced outbreaks, which are named one, two, and three. But I think, I think that this recall was triggered by one of the outbreaks of unknown sources. And, but there's no like closing the loop on that. It, it, it basically says, and, and here's, here's why the recall is being conducted in consultation with FDA. And I, I'm, I've now gone to the recall page. The recall is being conducted, and this is uh, dated November 6th. It conducted in consultation with FDA and is based on the test result of a random sample collected and analyzed by the Michigan Department of Agriculture and rural development. Don't forget the rural development folks as part of their routine sampling program. So, uh, Don, my question for you that's not in any of this, are we talking about that in that routine sample that has probably been whole genome sequenced looks like one of out, unknown outbreak source one, two, or three? Or are we just throwing in recall information that is unlinked to these sources at the bottom and it could have just been some other recall you know recall for plastic pieces <laughs> i the fact that it's here makes me think that it's linked but i don't see a direct line in the in the com in the communication well if 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 it is linked they're not telling us it's linked right, right? But, i mean yeah but, but why there then right like is it Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna. I, I actually am going to give this. This, this might surprise you. Um, I'm gonna give you my my grade, right? Mark grade. I don't know. Sometimes I get the Canadian and, and American terms, mm -hmm. uh, in, incomplete. I'm gonna give this a B plus. Okay. It might be a little bit high for for what you were thinking based on where I was going with this. Yeah. yeah. But I'm gonna give this a B plus because very rarely, and, and I'm gonna give him a B plus because. Almost never do we get, hey, we don't know what the source is. And this is very much in line with recommendations that that I, I wrote in a, in a paper a couple of years ago about when to go public, uh, it, uh, an update on where we're at. There's an investigation going on, but there's nothing at the end. We never know how it ends. They are literally giving us the update at the end and saying, we, we are not going to solve with the data that we have in hand and we're closing these investigations source three and one, I'm actually really good with that. That is new. And I think they get a lot of bonus marks for doing that. The, the reason why it's a B plus is because I don't know, it's not an A because I don't know where this recommendation comes from and why it's there and how this is linked. And maybe it's still part of unknown source two, but just it, the, and let me go back and say, maybe this is linked to the third out, outbreak called unknown source two. Um, which I think is comical, um, but but I don't I don't know they don't draw that that line so they're going to lose some some a little bit of a mark for that and then also just the romaine outbreak and uh, capitalizing coli they they lose a little bit for that so that's why it's not an A or an A plus but I'm going to give them a B plus for creativity and newness in their message. Okay, so so do me a favor in that in that original thing that you started reading from right the which has the blue box at the top um, yep I'm do, there. Me, do me a favor and scroll down past the map and the links to previous updates yes got it and look at the second paragraph 
On November 6th, Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development reported that as part of routine sampling, they collected a product sample of romaine lettuce for testing. The sample tested positive for E. coli 0157H7 and had subsequent whole genome and subsequent whole genome sequencing analysis determined that the E. coli 0157H7 present in the sample matches the strain that has caused illnesses in this outbreak. Which outbreak? And this is my favorite part. Is that outbreak of undetermined source number one, number two, or number three? <laughs> or something different. Or four. Okay, I see what right? you're saying. Yeah, because, yeah. Because because this is this is a routine sample, right? Yeah, yeah. We very often we we'll see routine samples and we'll see recalls and no cases, right? Yeah. Yep. But this is linked to some cases somewhere. Right. Right. And right. I, somewhere. So it's either. Unknown source one, two, or three, or unknown source four that has not been named four. The the artist formerly known as four. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, and then the third paragraph: the strain of E. coli found in the Michigan sample is a third distinct distinct strain, not genetically related to the strains of two distinct multi-state outbreaks of shigatoxin-producing E. coli a one five seven eight seven that FDA and CDC announced on October twenty eighth. At this time, a specific food has not been linked to either of those outbreaks. So I now the more that I read, the more that I think that this is this is the third outbreak number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I had my bell. Oh, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Third out. Third outbreak number two. Um. It, it, yeah. It's, a third outbreak of unknown source two, which by the way is linked to this product that we know what it is. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep, yep. I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It, I'm, we, I'm sure. I'm sure there is a very good reason why it is written in this very convoluted and confusing way. There's probably a bunch of reasons why, but. Oh, wow. And, and if you know what, if you go to outbreak, so I've I've now clicked on outbreak of E. coli infections, unknown source three, CDC's update. This references the Tanamura and Antel recall. So, so I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. Why, so why do we have to make it a web? Why, why can't we, why Wait, do we have you, to put do this? Do you mean the third outbreak from unknown source two, or do you mean outbreak unknown source three? It says unknown source three. If I click on the, uh, something, so if you click on CDC's outbreak page, unknown source three, that references the, uh, Laboratory testing identified the outbreak strain in a sample of Tanamura and Antel romaine lettuce. Well, let's see what let's go behind door number two. Oh, wait, so so the un, un, unknown source, but we oh, so maybe what no, maybe what it is is it's linked to the lettuce. We don't know where the lettuce the came cases, from. They can't link the cases to the lettuce. Yes. Right. Yes. Does that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. We found right. it in the lettuce. Found it in the lettuce. But these people it didn't eat this these lettuce. Cases, but they... these people did not eat this lettuce. Oh, see, this is right. That's all we need to say. That's got to be in here somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's not. That would be nice. Well, you know, and it could even you could even use caveats and say, as far as we know, we've t we've taken the histories of these people, and as far as we know, they have not. Yep consumed this brand of lettuce. Now, what they probably did, though, is they probably had romaine lettuce from somewhere else, right? From yeah. a restaurant or from a different brand, right? But who knows? But who? But again, FDA could not conclusively prove that that, that, ro that they ate romaine lettuce, yes. But everybody, Ben, I had romaine lettuce yesterday, yeah. right? So 
that I got from a restaurant, right? And so God knows who, who, what, you know, if we ought to trace that back, right? And so, right. All or, right. So or, maybe, or yeah. do we get it from Salinas, right? Like maybe it's, it's geographic. So, so if I look well, at this, every, so it, depending on what time of year, all your lettuce is coming from pretty much the same place. Right, right, right. right. But maybe it's, maybe my lettuce, there's other things that are grown in Salinas, right? That might use the same water. So maybe that's that's part of the the issue here is that we found it in this lettuce. Also in Salinas, the water is you know there's lots of different water or there's there's similar water sources and maybe it's some other food. Maybe it's the the spring mix that I ate that is not romaine and that is not tanamora and ansel, which is what I had for dinner last night. <sighs> oh man. Anyway, so so what do you what's your what's your grade on this? What do you what do you give them in the in the AC? It's a, this is a good one, right? Like there's a yeah. lot there's a lot going on here. And I did my homework I'm, to get us another good one. I, I yeah, just want to point yes, out. you did. You definitely did. This see, Ben, you get an A. I get okay? an A. Thanks. You it's a holiday a. a. You get a holiday A, and not even a holiday A. You get it because a holiday A implies that I'm feeling charitable. I'm not. You did a good job in finding <laughs> this. I'm, FDA did a rather crappy job in explaining it, and and admittedly, it's complicated, right? Yeah. But I think it the writing could be, and again, we're not we're not disparaging the people who did the investigation, no, right? And this no. is good science. This is this is this is hard. This is hard work. You chase down a lot of dead ends. Often you end up with nothing. Okay, but I think they could have explained it better. So it, I think all of the data are there, but I gotta give them a C. A C, okay, Just a flat C. And and I'm good with that. I I think that that's you know th this is one where. I, it could have gone. It could have gone a lot of different ways. As as I was reading it initially, before I got actually, before I got to the recall information and recommendation, I, as I was scrolling through my phone when this arrived yesterday. No, I guess this was on the. It was over the weekend. I got this. Oh yeah, I got, it was maybe it was Friday. I looked at this and I thought, hey, this is new. They're talking to me about un, uh, outbreak unknown sources. We we were it's not panning out. We don't know. We don't know. I like that. And then I got to this like curveball of which which one is this again? How you know? And, and could you give me like a a visual? And and, and yeah. So so I'm I, I'll yeah. So we got a we got a B plus and we got a C. And and, and you know we're that that's. <laughs> was it, since they have not asked us to grade this, it, it's too bad. That's that's just where we're coming at it from. Oh, so I'm looking. I'm looking at the CDC page now, and if you scroll down, you say uh, of the 13 people interviewed, all reported eating or maybe eating various types of leafy greens, including romaine lettuce nine. I guess that's nine of 13. Spinach nine, and iceberg lettuce seven. Yep. So, and that's the complexity, right? Like we're all trying to be healthy. We're all trying to eat lettuce or spinach, um, and uh, yeah, and that's interesting. Well. And interesting, they ate iceberg lettuce because I don't, I don't think have we ever had a. I was this was a conversation with a colleague today. Do we ever have outbreaks from iceberg lettuce? Uh, I got to think we have. We've had so many lettuce outbreaks, right? Okay. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, I can't think of one. We eat, we eat a we eat a lot of iceberg lettuce. I just don't think we get sick as often as we do from romaine. Yep. Uh, according to um, uh, yes, we have. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, and and this. This one, this this comes for, to us from the food source information at Colorado State, uh, and they said uh, iceberg because I I found it. Oh, there's 47 matches on this page for iceberg. That's a lot. It yeah, it it there there has been there have been outbreaks. 
<laughs> okay, that's fine. Food safety, outbreaks, consumption. Eh, it was in there somewhere. I, I even had like a really good number. Like it was like nine outbreaks that have been oh, wow. associated with it. Yeah. Foodborne illness and outbreaks. Um, there was one in 2011, another one in 2000. So we've seen uh, salmonella. We've seen listeria. The listeria was just a recall, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeria, recall. it's always a recall. Uh, 2012, multi-state outbreak of shigatoxin-producing E. coli associated with prepackaged leafy green mixes um, from Massachusetts. It was iceberg. Uh, leafy green mixes. Yes, including iceberg. Uh, so that... Uh, that, containing that's, that's iceberg. Mean it was the iceberg. True, right? true. Containing might yeah. not have been the iceberg. Not this is not the it's not the Titanic. This is the right time for a Titanic joke, right? It's not the Titanic. <laughs> uh, another outbreak in 2012 in Ontario, Canada. Um, you know, uh, respect <laughs> respect to home country. Uh, 30 illnesses. Fresh point. Uh, CFI said that there was a, um, primarily affected fast food restaurants which use iceberg lettuce. Again, see that's that's not the same not thing. The same thing, not the same thing. <sighs> All right, so there you go. Um, so that was another another episode of FDA BC CDC plus. No, no, <laughs> FDA CDC plus. That's what I said. No, you I, didn't. You put an extra C in there. Oh, FDA. FDA B. F, here's the thing. It's, it's F, you say FDA, then you say B, B, and then you say CDC. FDA, B, CDC plus. FDA, FDA B, CDC plus. Got it. I got it. All right. There you go. And I'm sure all of our FDA <laughs> listeners are dying right now from a variety of things. Our grade plus uh, us trying to include this into our segment that, that used to be just CDC plus. It's ABC, CDC plus. <laughs> <sighs> All right, there we go. Um, what else? What else you got going on here, Don? Those those are the two that I that I kind of had for you. There's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of outbreaks going on, which is great because we. I, I don't know if you know this. We have one massive outbreak of um, COVID nineteen. This is the first time we've actually mentioned that pathogen. I think today um, going on, which is uh, still leading to lots of disease, lots of illness. Uh, sadly, I I found myself. I'm gonna, let me go on a little. COVID-19 rant today. Um, I'm, I'm on vacation, Don. Um, mm -hmm. I, well, let me, let me say, I appreciate you doing a podcast with me, actually two podcasts, actually five podcasts. <laughs> I, um, uh, while, while we're on vacation, so I appreciate that. I don't want to point that out. That, that was not, so you could say that. Um, I, I, I was, I, I, we, we needed to, we need to get some stuff done. And my, part of my vacation was I'm just not doing email. Right. Like that's, I'm a, I have a vacation from email. I like talking to you. That's not yet. So I, that, 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 the reason why I want, want to point this out is I was on vacation this morning and I didn't get out of bed until about 10 30. And I, yeah. you were on vacation this morning. This morning. Not this afternoon, no, but no. this morning you were on vacation. I was on vacation this morning. Uh, and then this afternoon, not so much. But, but I, I laid, I laid in bed and I did two things that are probably equally unhealthy. I, I scrolled, I doom scrolled through Twitter. And then I doom scrolled through through Facebook, and and my Twitter I have constructed a Twitter verse that I'm very happy with. I let the people that I follow post things that I'm interested in. I, I don't feel the in, the the need to. I, I don't feel my blood pressure going up about things that they're posting. In in my should I be following them 
or or should we be interacting? I, 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 my, my blood pressure may go up because of some of the things that they're posting and, and some of the, the chaos that we're all experiencing. But Facebook's a, a different animal altogether. And there is a bunch of stuff that, that I see get posted on Facebook that makes me think, I, I, what if I just explain this to the person who posted that? What if, what if I, what, what if, uh, what, what if we just talked about long-term impacts of COVID-19 and not just deaths? What if, what if what if that and how that might impact the the economy and how it's not just opening things up and that will will fix all everything that's happening and then I thought better of all of that and I thought Don I'm on vacation I'm not gonna argue with anybody so then um, then I just started watching uh, YouTube videos instead and it was a much more pleasant pleasant <laughs> uh, morning for me but I I am you know, we're I, I've I've felt much better about like I'm I'm not just going to five thirty eight every twenty minutes to look at uh, polls and, and election stuff. <laughs> um, and you know, there's there's certainly lots of chaos. Related. Oh, hey, but speaking of five thirty eight and speaking of COVID, mm, have you heard that people are very upset with Mister Nate Silver? Yeah, they they are they are, and and I here's the thing, I don't you can't put Nate Silver on a pedestal in the first place. He's a guy right. who does stuff with numbers and, 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 and he adds to the conversation, but he's not my only source of information of anything. Right. Like, and that's, I think that's part of it. And, and so he's, and I know folks are, are like, are, are upset and, and they should be upset at him. Right. Like, and, and I, he, he, I don't feel like he's, um, I don't feel like 538 or what, what Nate's been doing has, has set us up for, um, for extra, well, I don't know. Maybe it has set us up for extra misinformation, but, but anyway, um, Ben, Ben, I don't know if you know this, but he knows a fair bit about COVID. He spent a fairly large part of his life reading research about COVID and he's a good reader, Ben. It's part of his job. It's part of his job. He's not doing any epidemiology on his own, right? The problem, according to Nate, is that ASIP's recommendations on vaccine prioritization don't match the research. Anyway, I, I don't, (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and oh, so I, I got I love the so one person I follow on Twitter whom I love is uh, at Julius Goat, uh, yes. who is A.R. Moxton. Uh, and, and, and we won't we won't link we won't link to Nate's quote uh, threat uh, tweet, but we will link to A.R. Moxton's tweet. Um, and, and A.R. writes my model, which runs your tweet against the sophisticated A.I., 50,000 times an hour indicates a 92% likelihood of Dunning, but only a 79% chance of Kruger. What explains the gap? There are several explanations, but first remember these numbers only represent probabilities. So anyway. <laughs> oh, that's a good tweet. Props uh, to AR Mox. Yeah. Uh, who, I, I don't know why I started following uh, AR um, but, or Julius or whatever his name is, but uh, it's a, it's, it, it generally, it brings uh, delight to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good, that's a good follow. Um, yeah. So I don't know where I was going with, Oh, I know where I was going. It's a, I took you off your story. No, you're, you're good. You're good. I'm, I've got, I've got the thread back here that, that I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a namaste right now. I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm aloha. Aloha. I'm aloha. (laughs) I'm in the, I've I've had, I've had, I've I've had a lovely day. I'm going to have more lovely days in between now and January 4th where I'm going to catch myself doom scrolling. And and primarily on Facebook, which I'm mostly off, and and then not and and then I'm gonna catch myself and say, don't do that anymore. Don't don't worry about it. These you know, I'm not gonna change people's minds. I'm not gonna argue with them. That we we are we 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 disagree vehemently, and that 
in some cases is a problem and will impact how I view them for the rest of their lives and my life. But but I'm not going to get upset about it today. I'll get upset about it again when when I am answering email again. So so anyway, that's yeah. So so, let, so my my Facebook is not nearly. I don't know what I've done to make my Facebook so good, but it's mostly people that I agree with. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't cause me any aggravation, which I know is a bubble. I know that's bad. Um, I do I do sometimes get anxious about Twitter, and then the other thing I have to share. This is my first time sharing this publicly. I have made a Twitter account specifically for the purpose of following people that that irritate me um Ooh. and uh, and and evil people right like like evil evil people like the president um the current <laughs> president um and also scott adams who writes the dilbert cartoon um but i have to say in in part of packing for the move um i've been packing up a lot of books and uh, i packed uh, all the books today that i could except for a dilbert book which i threw in the trash and that made me feel very good yeah yeah no i'm not going to cuz scott adams is a horrible human being and yeah. I, i'm sorry to say it uh, please don't at me uh, please don't please please don't flame me on twitter but uh, he's just he's just a real jerk but he the problem is is he's just asking the question, man. Oh, he's just asking and he gets, he gets me every time. And yep. it's like, it's like people, it's like Howard Stern. It's like the people that hate him, uh, people that like him, listen for an hour and a half every morning. People that hate him, listen for two hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and that's the way I feel about Scott Adams. Yep. Uh, but I should probably, uh, I should probably aloha more. Well, just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying aloha forever. I'm going to aloha for the next two weeks. Yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm, and I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm, you know what I'm going to do, Ben? I'm going to file paperwork and throw some stuff in boxes for the next two weeks, well, next that, 10 days. That you, yes, that's, you, uh, that's you a, have that. That's a light. So, yeah. I, uh, I, yesterday I, I should move into my house. It doesn't have a dishwasher. <laughs> and then you're going to do dishes for the next four months. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, that, that, that's my, that, that, that's where I'm at right now. And, uh, I, it's been, you know, day, day one of, of vacation morning, vacation mornings, uh, was, was really nice. Uh, but it's, it, it'll, uh, it, you know, we, we're, we're not, we're not doing anything. There's no family things happening this Christmas. Like we don't, usually we got a whole bunch of like, Oh, to travel. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, so I, I do this hockey game every Christmas Eve with a bunch of friends and that's, you know, that's not happening. So that, but that usually is like Christmas Eve during the day we get up, we play hockey. I'm going to drink like a bunch of beer and then we're going to, you know, hang out and go look at Christmas lights and all that kind of stuff. And so, so there's a lot of that's, that's not happening, but, um, but, but I'm also like trying to, I don't know, cher cherish the, the very quiet time that, that is existing. So, so that's, yeah. So anyway, that, that was me being a little existential today. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And then you saw, you saw my tweet about youth hockey uh, being the riskiest sport. I don't know. So this was uh, this was on a podcast uh, uh, that I mentioned before on this show called TWIV, This Week in Virology, and it was the clinical update from uh, Daniel Griffin, MD. Actually, he's, I think he's MD, PhD. But uh, and he didn't source that information, and I'm not sure if it's true, but I did uh, qu uh, quote it using Overcast and, and tag Ben, uh, and you liked my tweet. I did, and I think – and I retweeted it, and there was also this um, really excellent um, – uh, infographic that I don't know if you saw on Facebook about a youth, no. about a hockey practice, asymptomatic car carrier that. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Huge uh, number of cases. Yeah. Like yeah. 89, uh, yep. 89 cases. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and that is, you know, 
it, that that's it. That's the that's the world here. It was a yeah one sports team A, sports team B, then a whole bunch of people from different houses. Sports team F, sports team M, school, eighty nine different cases uh, from it, and that's the yeah that's the that's the chaos. And it's yeah, it is it's it's risky. It's one you know it's one of the things that I'm battling with every day on this. It's it's tough. So yeah. So, so anyway, not, not to bring it down too far, but that's, uh, that's where things are at. Oh yeah. Ottawa public health. Good for them. We'll, yep. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll link to that tweet. Yep. Uh, and there's, there's a really nice article. I'll send oh. you this, mm-hmm. yep. um, that we can put into show notes. Um, and a really nice article that was in, uh, CBC, which is where all the good hockey articles are, um, that, that sort of goes through some of this, um, and, and, and why, why, yep. why there's lots of risk. So Yeah. Uh, 89 cases and 445 high-risk contacts arose out of one practice, all after an asymptomatic person with COVID-19 show, showed up. Wow, and it's—I mean, good, good for the good for the Canadians for like like owning up to the risks of hockey. I'm, I'm yep. really—that's a very un-American thing to do, and I'm very proud of them. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, we uh, uh, that you know uh, good good segue. Um, the NHL uh, is coming back. They've mm-hmm. announced so that so there will be professional hockey in mid January. And to minimize um, cross border travel, it, there there is likely going to be an all Canadian division of, of teams. <laughs> also, also, um, uh, the city of Vancouver said uh, to the Vancouver Canucks, "You can't play here." So go play somewhere else because we don't Whoa. want. Yep, we don't want people coming in from outside of Vancouver for something as frivolous as professional hockey. Whoa! And, and they are right. Like whoa! Yep. Snap. Yep. 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 And and it's. I mean, this is is this is tough. This is all hard. It's all hard, Don. I want to watch hockey. Also, I want people not to die. <laughs> And, and, and I would say, uh, one probably outweighs the other. It does. It does. And it puts, it, it is, it puts me into a very odd spot where I, I couldn't get into the restarted hockey playoffs as much as I normal normally would, because I'm, 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 I, I get lost in, Hey, I'm watching this cool thing that I really love that I would watch all the time. And then I think, you know, my, my mind wanders to, Hey, what about all the people that are providing services to these folks and their frontline workers? Is it all really worth it? Like, I know that people need to make money, but are we, is, are, are these, you know, is it worth it? Is, is it worth this, this situation? And I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. It sounds like, well, or maybe I do. And I, it isn't worth it. And that, that's the, the, the like conundrum that I'm in. Yep. Yep. So anyway, um, I know you've got a, you got a heart I, out coming up. Yeah. I, I think that's a show. I think that's a show. I was, it, uh, that that's the end of, uh, 2020. We'll be super cliched and say all of our, we'll, we'll have way better podcasts in 2021 because it'll be a different year. Um, the <laughs> pandemic will be over. Uh, we will all be vaccinated. Uh, it will be sunny all the time. Uh, nothing bad will happen. And, uh, uh we'll, we'll, everyone will make more money. So, uh, <laughs> I believe that's what 2021, that's what I see. That's what I see on Facebook, Don, is that 2020, huh. what a terrible year. Can't wait for 2021. Also, um, all the epidemiologists just say, 2021, what a terrible year. Can't wait for 2024. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, more, I'm more realistic uh, about all of that. I, I want to be, I want it to be all gone, but it's not going to be because of viruses. Mm-hmm. And they're super smart, primitive forms of life maybe 
Yeah, viruses are awesome. I, I, are. I have a just, I just, I'm, I mean, it's, it's really the pandemic is very sad, but man, viruses are just really cool. Viruses are super cool. And, and here's, here's another like, you know, we, we haven't talked about sort of the newest, uh, you know, news, breaking news about, um, you know, a strain out of, out of the UK that's spreading more with a higher R naught number, um, you know, predicted R naught number. And, and it's like, yeah, cause viruses are cool, right? Like, like we, we, we put pressure on viruses to stop spread uh, they they will continue to um, to mutate and then their fitness will take over and and more virus will will spread and because they're so cool well and, and I, I would say based on the latest episode of twiv that I listened to it's not I don't I don't think it's clear that this new strain is more readily spread it may just be probabilities gotcha. so uh, I think the science is to be yet to be decided on that. So it could just be random chance. So, but anyway, uh, check back in in 2021. We'll have an update. Yeah, we'll be, it'll be good. Everybody will have more money. <laughs> we'll all be rich. Uh, and, and, the, and, and no one will be getting sick. Uh, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm we'll all be better looking. We'll all, we'll definitely all be better looking. Um, so anyway, it was good. Don, uh, this you know it's a ho- this is a holiday time to give thanks always I'm thankful that that you continue to do this podcast with me that we get to get together every couple of weeks and talk um, that we've we've been able to do it with much more regularity I think without travel uh, over the last ten months um, and uh, and we haven't run out of things to talk about so I I'm I don't know about you but I'm up for another season of uh, the for Safety Talk 2021 if you're if you're up for it let's keep going. I think I think I think I'm in. Yeah, I All think right. I'm in. All right, signed up. Let's go. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. this baby tonight cool and get that all done um we i'm i'm good to you know two weeks from now i'm back i'm back in cool. back in play let's look at two weeks so two weeks would be the fourth yeah i'm free uh except for 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock when you have the same two things i do yes i've got 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock then i got one and three let's do Ooh. something else
Yeah. What about um What is this? What about the 6th in the afternoon or the 7th in the morning? All right. Well, <clears throat> 6 in the afternoon, uh, I have a 3 to 4, but I could do other other times. Do you want to try? I, I'm good noon till 3. So, <clears throat> ah, perfect. Yeah. So let's, let's, do, let's do 1 to 3. 1 to 3. Perfect. Steve. Oh, and we did, not, we did not schedule another Risky or Not. Oh, did no, we? we didn't. But we could do that right now. I totally forgot to do that. And that one we is, uh, I, I think, a little more pressing, right? Or not, like, because I think the last episode is going to drop on the sixth. So should we do? Yeah, should that, we do actually, that, that should that should be that yeah. should be risky or not? Let's do that. Done. One to three, on the sixth. And then, could you do? Yeah, what is your what does the Thursday look like? Uh, Thursday, I'm holding the afternoon for a potential conference calls. What about the morning? I literally have nothing before two. Uh, okay, so ten o'clock. Yep, perfect. I am going to do this is my Christmas present to us. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm going to do some uh, microphone research. Oh, good. And and you might, uh, you, you know, we got a little. I, I, there, there's there's some money floating around that that I might uh, you a microphone might show up. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, wow. uh, yeah, I want to, I, I want to, I feel like it's time for us to invest. I agree. Like that. It's so funny that you and I both had the <laughs> exact same thought listening to everyone else. And I'm like, we must sound really good. And then I'm like, oh shit, we don't sound good. Well, and I, I think part of it is the room, right? Yeah. Like my yep. room is very echoey and that's just because I don't have enough stuff in it. Yep. Um, and, 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 and that, that actually should be better in the new place because uh, I'll be in a room that, that I can like, I, well, I think, it, I think it should be better. So, I can, anyway. I can work on that. Like I actually have, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to actually look at that. I, I think that my part of my problem is that the, the microphone is also, you know, we we're using what eight year old, nine year old technology now on this. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a podcast starter microphone eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so we're, right. I think we've started, I think we have, we have, we're, we're probably, I think we're I in. Think it's not going to be just a one purchase, you know, it's like, it's not like, <clears throat> like, I think, I think we proved that we can do it. I think we proved that we get, can have better toys. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Yeah. Like we should invest in this now. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to go check out like some of, some of the stuff that Marco's posted about, yep. uh, and Dan's got a really nice YouTube yep. channel yep. that, yeah, <laughs> that he's gone through this. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time on that, um, over, over the holidays and find cool. us some new microphones. Cool. Cool. Awesome. <coughs> ah, that was uh, a little dry air. Um, I, w I think that's it. So yeah. So if you have a chance to throw some, um, some, the show notes up tonight, that would be awesome. And, uh, any titles that you captured and then I will edit this and post it. Yep. I'm just, uh, doing that for you now. So it's all, it should all be good to go. I didn't, I didn't go through and edit the markdown. Um, that's okay. But it's all, it's all, because sometimes you have, you have a title yep. that's, that's, that's a PDF URL. Yeah. I can, anyway. I know how to fix that. Yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. I will, uh, well, have a good, have a good move, I guess. Right. Yeah. And all, yeah. All that Thanks. stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll see, I'll see on the, uh, I'll see on the iMessage. On the iMessage. Yeah. Keep, keep me in the loop. See if, if there's anything else that's missing, like you don't have a chimney or a front door. Did you check to see if there was a front door? <laughs> <Is> there, <Yes. laughs> 
<laughs> Only thing missing is a dishwasher, I think. Are there <clears> stairs? <throat> How do you get upstairs? There are stairs. There's an elevator. They're all of the stairs. Yep. Excellent. And um, in five days, there's another se- season of Litter Kenny dropping. So. Oh yes. Oh, and that's that's homework for you too. Um, you you need to load me up with Canadian content for the podcast. I was not able to get you to be a guest. Uh, deal, deal, deal. I will do that. Um, and you know that I'm so obsessed with Would I Lie to You that I, I I've, I've now gone backwards. We we only have three seasons to go, like on the yeah. seasons one to three, yep. and I've watched every episode. Like this, this is a lot. This is 140 episodes or something. Um, so, but there's a Christmas episode that drops on Christmas Eve that I'm sure we'll be able to acquire somewhere. So, yep. would 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 I lie to you? Check it out. Oh, it's so good. It's my so it, good. It's my favorite. Um, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.